everyone and welcome to episode 18 of the Audience Please podcast with me, your host, Adam. So just before we dive into this episode, thank you so much to everyone that's checked out the lockdown cover of Future Left's Mancasm that uh, I put together with my good friend Rob and it features Matt of Haggard Cat, Candy of Lazy Bones, Sanjay of the St. Pierre Snake Invasion and Gareth of USA Nails and thanks again to those guys if you're listening. Um, it was really good fun to put together. Um, hopefully we might have one or two other covers up our sleeves soon. Um, if you did check out the video and you enjoyed it, we also have put it up on Bandcamp. Um, if you search for Audience Please Podcast. And it's downloadable for £2. And all of that money is going to go towards the charity Black Minds Matter. And we've also still got a handful of podcast t-shirts um, up there as well. And a fiver from each of those t-shirts sold will also be donated to that charity and yeah do go and check out the great work black minds matter are doing um so in this episode i caught up with owen of the two-piece noise rock band modern technology uh, they're based out of london um weirdly the second band in a row that have the word modern in their name after modern rituals last time but um yeah i've been wanting to talk to him for a a while, not just because of their music, which I absolutely love, um, but because of their direct nature in addressing political and social injustices through their lyrics. And they're also doing a lot of fundraising through um, their sort of under the sort of the banner of human worth. So they've been doing like all dayers and various other things, which we cover in the episode. They've also got um, their new album coming out soon. Um, which I know is up for pre-order, which we talk about as well, um, which will be really exciting to hear when that comes out. Uh, and of course, we talk about his top three gigs played and his top three gigs as a fan and some really great examples as ever. So yeah, um, do enjoy the episode and please do go like and subscribe on all the platforms. It really helps out a small independent podcast like mine. So enjoy everyone and I'll see you next time. Bye. <laughs> next episode of the podcast and I've got um, the lovely Owen, uh, drummer of the noise rock band Modern Technology with me. How are you doing bud? Yeah, doing good thanks man, doing good. Yeah, how's, um, how's, um, how's lockdown, lockdown been, been uh, treating you at the moment? moment? Um, are you keeping busy or uh, have you been stifled because of this? Um, it's been a bit of a mixture to be honest, like the first few months were pretty intense. I think it took a, everyone a bit of time to get used to the new normal and then yeah I found over the last few weeks we sort of settled into it a bit more being able to be a bit more creative again and getting involved in some projects and stuff so yeah it's been a bit of a roller coaster but uh it feels like now it's starting to level out getting back in rehearsal rooms and stuff like that and it's it's been nice actually I think mental health sort of recovering a bit <laughs> yeah yeah I think I think everyone's just about getting back to just doing a few little things. I know we were just chatting about 
sort of like work and life. I know I've been able to get out for a few walks as well. But yeah, it's good it's to hear. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's good, good to hear, to hear that, that um, you've been back in the rehearsal room as well. I've yeah, fans getting back to it. It's been really nice actually. I mean, it it was weird at first, um, just sort of trying to do it at a social distance and stuff. But um, and we're still kind of trying to do that as well. But yeah, it, it's been nice just being able to play again because for us that's a big um, mental health thing. Is is actually um, well playing getting together jamming yeah. letting off some steam and during this lockdown that's what I've needed more than anything is just to hit the drums <laughs> a bit you know but that's the one thing I haven't been able to do and I've definitely seen the effect of that so yeah this last few weeks has been great and I've been feeling like letting off some of that sort of pent-up stuff that's been floating around um, it's been, yeah, it's been nice. I was gonna, I was, I was gonna say, um, I had a question from uh, Ed from Staff Party, formerly King B, <laughs> and he was saying about your hard hitting drum style, which we'll, which we'll talk about in a minute, in a minute actually. Oh, they're good guys. And, uh, yeah, they're good, good guys. Those guys. Yeah, I saw Staff Party um, support safety, safety yeah, snake invasion, actually, actually mm. just before lockdown. lockdown. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah Staff Party. I think it was one of their first gigs and they're absolutely superb yeah but, um yeah so talk, we're talking about modern technology then um yes i've known about you guys for about a year i can't remember how long you guys have actually been together but it, it seems that everybody's been super receptive to you guys live unfortunately i've still not seen you live <laughs> yet but um everyone's been super receptive to you live and on record um considering you're a relatively new band how has it been for you i suppose and your journey so far as modern oh, technology thanks man that's appreciated yeah it's, it's been really exciting actually um yeah as you say we've been like formally out in the world for well, a couple of years now but Behind the scenes, Chris and I have been jamming for quite a few years and we kind of were just using it as a personal thing, just like a chance to let off some steam and then and, and, and also just hang out as mates. Um, yeah. And then it wasn't actually until I realised I was going to have a, a child that I was like, holy crap, I might not be able to do this again. Because my, my perception of being a dad was that I wouldn't be able to do any music. I'd have to like become an adult, and so we started. <laughs> we started pushing to record and do an EP, and that's when we sort of started formalizing and getting stuff properly together, and laid it down with Wayne. And um, and then after that, it, things just sort of kicked off in a way that we hadn't expected, because we we just recorded it more for us. You know, it's just like right. Yeah. We, we want a memento of the things we've done over the last few years it would be so nice to own this as a physical and actually it led on to shows and lots of things that we hadn't planned for and you know reviews that we're just so chuffed with so yeah it's been it's been really exciting and uh it's kind of taken us by surprise to be honest but um yeah yeah no that that's that's amazing to hear and yeah i i think you're that's the right, almost like the right way to go about it is you sort of started it out as, like you say, just a thing, just a memento. And yeah. uh, this is what we want to want to produce and put out there. And um, the the positivity and the reviews afterwards is more, more of a bonus, I suppose, for you guys. Yeah, yeah, there was no pressure on it. And yeah, exactly. And that's really nice, actually, just doing a thing because you enjoy doing it and um, not 
really overthinking it and we weren't coming in with like a ton of uh um i guess we had influences but it wasn't so influenced by the scene itself it was just like random stuff that we were listening to at the time and and it was it's been really nice actually suddenly it opening up to this um well the last year or so of like getting to know lots of exciting bands through the music and um linking up with new people and yeah it it did take us by surprise but but it's been <laughs> it's been uh it's been great and um and now it's a case of just sort of rolling with that and seeing what else we can do with it yeah um yeah so yeah that sounds amazing man and talking uh like working with wayne, wayne especially, especially on that, that first um selection of tracks selection you put together tracks you put together um, um, obviously you've worked obviously with him on the, with him the, on new, the, album the new album that's um, coming out. Um, how's, how's that, how's that gonna, what's the sort of, what's the sort of development for you as band, a band considering you just started, just started out, out as, we're just, just going to lay some tracks down. down. Is, have you, you approached this second out, well, second record uh, differently at all with Wayne or have you pretty much gone in, in with the same mindset? Um, yeah, I think it was different this time for sure. Um, the first time we reached out to Wayne was actually because um, our mates in in John, the band John, um, yeah. they had recorded with him and we knew them really more through the design links because uh, Chris and I both do design work in our like, day-to-day jobs and that's how we knew those guys more so than the music. Um, so when we were looking for a studio Wayne popped up and he did such a good job of that record we thought it'd be interesting to see if he'd be up for working with us and and we were really super chuffed that he sort of was into the music we sent over even though it was just a couple of shitty YouTube videos like just (laughs) you know it was was really low energy stuff but it was yeah it was cool and he he took us in and and what was amazing about working with Wayne is he's got such a good knowledge of his medium and his craft and he's also got so much equipment that we turned up with sort of bare bones stuff. Um, Chris at the time, his pedal board was just a piece of wood from his garden that he just like <laughs> he just like double sided taped a couple of pedals on. Like it was really basic and raw. And and what was nice is Wayne heard the stuff and then was like, "Hang on, I've got the perfect pedal for this bit. Why don't you just put the bass through this and and oh this this pedal would be great for this bit." And he was telling me sort of ways to play that helped with recording. Um, and what it led to was a record where we sounded a lot bigger than yeah. we had sounded previously. And so then the challenge was then to almost like relearn and buy some equipment so we could recreate that record live. And that was actually a fun yeah. challenge. It was like, fuck, he's made us sound <laughs> better than we are. We now need to sort our shit out. And... I think this time round it's been nice because we're a little bit more um, together on what it is we want to do and our sound and we're... Yeah, a bit more, set, bit more settled in. Yeah, yeah, yeah we've, we've kind of worked some stuff out. We learned a lot from the last time and I guess the challenges this time was having put out that EP and had, you know, some good response from that was that pressure then was, you know, it's like, okay how do you, you don't want to recreate that, but it's like, how do we do something new? We want to sort of progress, move on. And that was fun in a way, because then again, working with Wayne, he's added some levels of um, like some synth and other things, which 
were unexpected for us. Like we felt like we'd gone in with a plan and actually at some <laughs> points he tore that apart and actually added some extra bits and we went in with like 10 to 12 tracks. It got stripped back to an eight track. Um, lots of interesting layers added in which we hadn't planned for and um, and actually I think it's led to a, a record which um, is more exciting because it, it feels a bit newer and it's definitely taken things in a different direction. Um, and yeah, yeah. He, he's been he's been a great uh, influence on us with all of that. Yeah, yeah. I th- uh, yeah. Wayne, obviously, we know he's worked on a gazillion different records of varying sizes as well. And I think that's uh, the thing I love about Wayne as a producer um, and a musician as well is whether you are a DIY band, like a tiny DIY band, you're a large band, he always like you say, take the amount of stories I've heard of him just going, well, fuck it, let's, like you say, tear, tear this song apart and strip it right down and build it back up again. Yeah. And he adds it, he always adds his own flavour to things, which is, I'll be really excited to hear that, obviously we've heard that the two singles that you, you guys released already, but it'll be really interesting to hear it, it as a whole, the record, record and mm. what he sort of added to it. But no, no it's, it's really exciting, exciting to hear, man. And, um Yeah, it's... It, Whenever you whenever you see someone, uh, if someone's working with Wayne, you know it's going to be a, a good product. At the yeah, end as well. he 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 just really knows his stuff, and um, and we we ended up getting it mastered with um, a guy called James Plotkin, who um, used to play in uh, Carnate, which was yeah. really exciting for me because I'm a huge fan of that band. But as soon as we mentioned to him that it was recorded with Wayne, it was like that was straight away. He was like, yeah. I know it's going to be good. I know it's going to be good because Wayne did it. So it's, it's obviously a level of respect amongst that world, which I think has helped us with our first EP because just having his stamp on it kind of, it's almost like people are like, oh, okay, Wayne's worked on it. And um, that, yeah, that was a massive foot in the door for us um, in the yeah. early days. Nice one, man. Well, yeah, I'm really, really excited to hear the new album. album. I, I actually see, see that we still, still pre-ordered pre-order it, pre-order it today. today. <laughs> <laughs> I went online and I was just like, um, I actually haven't pre-ordered it yet, so oh, I need to do that so straight like, afterwards. We'll send, you a, we'll send you a copy as thanks for this one. Oh, no, that's right, man. Um, so, yeah, moving away, well, talking around uh, gigs again and sort of the, the other, other side, side of the modern technology. technology. Um, do you want to talk a bit about human worth and sort of what you've been doing with that, that and the fundraising events and compilations? Um, yes. Because from, from my perspective, perspective, it's been really refreshing. refreshing. Uh, obviously, every band we know, especially on our scene, everyone does go fundraising, fundraising. Um, and especially through the, the times that we're going through, through at the moment. moment. Yeah. A lot of people have stepped up and, uh, and been selling T-shirts, t-shirts compilations, whatever. But... but the thing that I noticed with you guys from the off is you were very much socially conscious and you, you've had that direction and message from day one. So, yeah, I suppose, to, um, yeah, just, yeah, just talk a bit, a bit around, around that, that sort of why, the why and, and what you've been doing. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, I think once we started forming the first EP and Chris and I had decided to lay it down um i guess the conversation started up about what we would do if we made any profit which is a hard thing anyway to do but it was like (laughs) a lot of chris's lyrics explore themes of like austerity inequality um and we just felt it didn't really fit with those lyrics to then keep 
any money we get in because it was like well we've always approached this as a as a kind of like a hobby you know it's uh it's aside from our day-to-day work and it's just something we love doing and, and enjoy and actually it would make a lot more sense to send that money to to a charity if we do make any and and so we decided at that moment that for the first EP any profits would go to mind and shelter because there was a lot of dealings with um sort of social anxiety and things like that which me and Chris have both dealt with in our lives as well and then um, shelter was the other because of the sort of links to austerity and things like that and so that was how that kind of formulated and um it was really nice because it felt like we're giving something back and so when it came to actually our EP launch which happened fair bit down the line from actually when the EP first dropped um we thought actually it might be nice to develop on that and why not try and put on a charity show and yeah. in that time we'd met some bands and um Brox and Maria came up and you know they uh we asked if they'd be up for it and they they were which was a huge thing for us because we love their music and um and it just felt like a nice chance to expand on what we'd started there and do something sort of like you know a bringing of people together and that that first night was really special because um we didn't really know how it would work um mm. I hadn't really put on a night that of that kind in London for or a night like that for years you know I used to put on shows back um back in Brighton when I lived in Brighton yeah. and but not not in London and not not recently and and so the, that kind of response was amazing actually having people coming down and um showing their support and it made me realize actually that's something we could maybe continue and and we we called it human worth because it felt like it summed up the theme of the night you know giving back to people but also human worth is the last two words of the lyrics of the EP so that's oh, that's okay. like the final phrase of the EP yeah. which is just something more between me and Chris but it just felt like a nice like <laughs> it was like taking the fi- the end of the EP and turning it into something more and um and yeah it's been really exciting just like rolling with that and so I started doing a few more nights um in London and we did one in Leeds and yeah that that Leeds one looked wicked had like cattle play or fucking adore that band amazing yeah I've um I saw them a few years before um uh Desert Fest they played um they played the underworld and they fucking killed it it was so good and <laughs> they're just the nicest guys as well um they're yeah. you know just ridiculously talented but super nice and that's the thing with everyone in the scene everyone's just really friendly everyone's up for helping and as soon as you mention it's a charity thing as well people are just really kind and generous with their time and um it's been a a really nice experience um sort of putting these things on and people really sort of um reacting in a positive way to them and and so that that kind yeah. of rolled on and, and then more recently um partly because of lockdown and trying to find ways around that i i thought it'd be nice to put out a, a like a charity compilation um so that's something which i put one out um i think it was in may april yeah May time. It was about then. yeah yeah um and that again sort of was a nice chance to bring together some additional bands who'd either played at those nights or other bands we'd reached out in between. And yeah. again, another chance to just raise some more funds and um, actually got plans for a second um, 
coming soon. So keep your eyes Ooh. peeled for that, which has been, again, yes. you know, like once you do one thing, you sort of have a few bands get in touch in there. So that's kind of formed quite organically. And then hopefully just be able to put some more shows on when shows become a thing again. Um, um, and as well as actually talking about maybe doing some physical. So we've put out the Modern Technology EP, which it feels a little bit like we're patting our own backs and stuff. But I kind of saw it as a chance to test run putting out a physical because yeah. I didn't want to like do it for another band and have their like you know something they've put a lot of time and love into and then totally fuck the thing up for them <laughs> so I felt like doing it for ourselves it would be like this is a nice test case of like will people buy into this obviously we're giving all of the human worth profits back to charity uh how would that work are we just gonna be totally out of pocket and actually it's gone quite well yeah. so far so we're now talking to a few other people about maybe other releases down the line but we'll see it's, oh, it's nice. try not to make it too huge a thing because that's not the plan it's it's always been organic and i want it to continue being organic and, and not feel like right we need to we need to have like five releases every <laughs> quarter or something you know um but yeah see how it goes really and it's it's been it's just been fun and it's been really the nicest thing has just been send that chunk of money off to charity as you know from your fundraising as well it's just such a nice feeling when you're like you just hit that send button on you know a chunk of cash and it it feels great and especially at the moment i think everyone's getting behind it and everyone is doing that stuff and i think it's a really good feeling and uh, yeah 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 definitely um i definitely agree with that and like you say yeah, when you send that money off to, I know you've supported, supported Black Minds Matter, 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 which, yeah. which I have through the t-shirts and, and um, Tussle Trust, Trust is another one. And yeah, it's even, even like, like the Save Our Venue, venue stuff, stuff was amazing, amazing to see, to see um, the, amount the amount of people just, just do random, random stupid shit just, just to raise a couple of hundred quid here, a couple of hundred quid there for, for venues and for campaigns. So yeah, the human worth... Um, label. I don't know what <laughs> I don't know what you really call call, call it, it, but um, yeah, it's nor do I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a it's a thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, it's it's it's, it's fantastic, fantastic seeing like, like um, yeah when gigs start again, yeah, mate. It'll, it'll be, be great, great to see, see um, sort of more of those gigs for sure. Mm. Um, yeah. Again, very gutted I couldn't come up to Leeds for that uh, all day. Who else? Who else did you have on that all day? Those yeah territorial gobbing. Um, which yeah. is uh, Theo Gowans, who did a fucking amazing set. Um, his, his stuff, when he plays live, is all totally improvised, and he's just got a table of, like, clutter. And it's the oh, first... Oh, yeah, I remember it's seeing the video. It's so time, amazing. Yeah. It's the first time I've ever seen anyone play... You know what? I don't know what they call like, a pin... It's like those pin things you put your hand into or your face into. Um, and it like oh, catch- theremin. No, like the, oh, it's no. like it's like a bed of pins, and you put them on your face. <gasps> you know those, or like okay, you put yeah. your hand on them. Yeah. He, was, he was using that as an instrument at one point, and it was it was just amazing seeing that played. And it yeah, he's he's awesome, and he's really up on that scene in Leeds, the sort of noise scene as well. So it's it nice having him part of it. And then Lump Hammer played from Newcastle, who are really killer three piece. And um, something ruined, which is Christopher Nozniba, who runs all aggravation, and a guy called Paul Tone, who's like a really good noise artist. So it was just a nice bringing together of like bringing together of awesome musicians, but also I think it was a conscious choice as well, just trying to do something that's not so London centric, because yeah. a lot of those things tend to focus 
always on London. And actually, there's so many killer bands up north, and it, it allowed some of those bands to be able to play, which was nice. So we're actually hoping to bring some of those guys down to the next one in London, if and when that yeah. happens. But we've got, there is a date penciled in, and it has been penciled in for <laughs> months and months, but whether it actually happens, we'll see. But yeah, watch this space. Yeah, well, well, well hope, hopefully, hopefully it's cattle because, uh, yeah, I'd love, love to see them down, down in London, London again. Cause cause I've, I've only seen them the once, and that was at Arc Tangent uh, last year. Ah, and, that sounded uh, like a killer set. I've seen yeah, some, I seen some well, video for it. Was, yeah, it was, uh, well, it was a funny morning because it was, it was at, as, as, as it does at Arc Tangent, absolutely hammering, hammering down, down the rain. It's yeah, some, some of the worst, worst rain that I've seen at Arc Tangent, which is saying something. And, and um, they were only playing sort, sort of like, like three, three, four, four in the afternoon, afternoon pretty early. Um, and the tent they were playing on was quite small, small and, and everybody just about managed, managed to squeeze in whilst it still hammered down, down for like 13 hours, hours a day, day. <laughs> non stop. So, so everyone squeezed in this tent, and uh, I, think I think a lot of people didn't know who cattle were. But by the end of the set, well, like I said, it was the first time I'd seen them, and I just walked. I was one of those people that walked away and I was like, fuck me, what a, what a band. Yeah. They're, 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 they're unlike anything I've seen before they were playing, playing with. Uh, two, drummers, two drummers, Steve, Steve and the other, the other guy. guy. The guy, the guy I, don't I don't know what that guy, what that guy plays, plays but just, just in the, the, the back, back corner, corner, just like a box. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, like a, a noise box. He, yeah, it's a really interesting setup. Like, Steve's one of the best drummers I've ever seen. Like, he's a machine. But then it's he's also tied in nicely with... Um, They've just changed drummers, actually. A guy called Toby's now playing with them. But their eye-to-eye yeah, yeah. -eye contact is so insane, just watching them yeah, play. Yeah, and you I, I didn't, didn't realise it was just bass. I don't know why, even though I've seen them and I've listened to them tons, mm. for some reason it wasn't until the show in Leeds where I was like, fuck, this is just bass, electronics and, and drums. And it, I don't know, it's, it's such a stripped-back setup that actually it just sounds like a full band with... I don't know, it, it, they're amazing to see live and yeah, the sound yeah. they create is so in insanely loud and wide and yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, for, 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 for people, people that are listening, listening just, just go and listen to Cat All. Like yeah. I say, they're, 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 they're very hard to describe, <laughs> but they're, uh, but they are one of, one of a kind for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Um, talking about gigs then let's, let's go on to the, the last bit of the, the podcast and my favourite bit is um, top, top three gigs played first and then top three gigs as a fan. And so, so yeah, yeah, what's, what's your, your top, top three gigs, gigs played, played then? Either yeah. on tech or previously? Yeah, so um, um, I used to be in a band in Brighton um, called Old Mayor, um, which it kind of formed from... Um, I grew up in the West Country, and um, which is a real haven for heavy music. And... So as soon as you play an instrument out that way, you, you just get into these noisy, crusty bands. And that's kind of what I've been doing since I was a kid. And one of my mates out there and I happened to move to Brighton at the same time to study. And we formed a, a little two-piece. And it's, it was a very, like, doomy, sludgy sort of band. But what was nice, because it was around, it was like 2005, was yeah. that we were one of the, probably the only doomy local bands in the city at the time. And it was, like, prime... Brighton gig time, like the free butt was still open, the engine rooms. It was like the era of like uh, Charlotte Field and bands like that, you know. Oh, yeah. yeah. It was a really yeah. good time in Brighton. And so all these amazing bands were coming through, and Tatty Seaside Town were putting on like lots of regular shows there. 
And so every time like a Doomy band came through, we'd get put on as support, which was amazing for us. And so our second ever gig was with uh, the Japanese Doom band Boris, which was insane for us just getting to play um, a support slot for Boris. And, um, and that was, yeah, that was a really killer sort of second show. It was at the Engine Rooms. And it was like a really hectic one um, because Adam, my guitarist at the time, he just got back from, I think he'd been at Glastonbury Festival, and <laughs> he had decided to travel back the morning of the gig, but oh typically totally mistimed it. We missed sound check, we missed setup, and he basically arrived as we were going on stage, and so it was so insanely hectic, but it, it was an amazing show, and it really kick-started things for us as a band, and we, it sort of led to a lot of, lot of exciting things. So that, that was my first one, I I immediately came to mind. And then um, <laughs> a bit further down the line with that band, Old Mayor, so the second gig was um, we played some shows in New York at some point. Um, oh, which amazing. Was, which was amazing, yeah. So um, yeah. the good thing about being a two-piece is you can travel easily. And <laughs> <laughs> it was, it's really handy. And we'd, um, after I graduated, so we did the three years in Brighton and we were playing a lot of shows, um, a bunch of our friends on my course all felt a bit lost and we were like what do we do and like fuck it let's save up some money and go to new york and so we rented a, a two bed and we had at one point i think there was like 12 of us crammed into this two bed apartment in new york and adam my bandmate came out and we brought our ba i bought my breakables he bought his guitar and um we were like fuck it let's see if we can sort out some shows while going to see yeah, yeah, yeah. And on our second night, we met one of the chief writers for Decibel magazine, just like at a bar. And he, it was fucking that's, insane. That's, that's amazing. It was like one of those ones which only happens out that way. I, it's, I, I tell you what, just before you continue, when, when uh, my, my partner, partner and I went to New York as well, we, we ended up at um, this uh, dive bar called Duff's. Duff's. And a similar-ish kind of thing happened. It's like it's amazing, amazing that people you meet. Um, yeah, Laura, Laura had gone, gone out for a smoke or something, or something come, come back in. in. I was quite drunk at this point. She came, she came back, back and she was like, like uh, yeah, that guy had just been chatting to that big little metal head dude. dude. He used to work for Glassdoor. You might want to go. I definitely am going to go talk to him. It's amazing the people you can meet out there. It seems like a bit of a cliche to say it because... It, but it, I don't know, it just felt like there's a level of positivity and connection out there where people are, uh, I think people are quite standoffish in the UK with with new people and I was finding out there that you'd meet someone and then the next night you'd end up around their house like drinking with their friends, you know, in their garden having dinner and it's it was just like people would invite you into places and yeah, we definitely found out during that time because we were just sort of like, go to a bar and before you know it you're chatting to someone and then they're offering you a gig and and we played um a couple of shows during our time there uh once at the lit lounge in low east side and we played a place called fontana's which was in again oh, in yeah. the low east side and i think it's closed now but it was just a really awesome noisy dirty night and um there's a band called hecate and what's it i've got it written down there, black anvil and i parasite that was the lineup and yeah it was just nuts getting to play over there and the energy was amazing and that was like a real highlight um so yeah that was with the old guys and then i was going to say with montech um 
top three would yeah be the first human worth night as we talked about earlier just because it was just such a special night and yeah it was one of those ones where it was like a celebration of ep bringing together with friends and we just didn't didn't know what the response would be and it's been really exciting since yeah Awesome, awesome man. man. That's really That's great. Really great yeah, yeah. Uh, I think my favourite out of those is definitely the, the New York. York. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, <laughs> just hearing that story. Um, yeah, I, I love, I love moments, moments like that. that. Just, just meeting meet randomers, randomers, next thing you know. Yeah, yeah I, 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 I have to agree though. though. Like, I, I had definitely that night in Duff's, but um, when. Um, I went to Iceland for the last, the last ATP. ATP. Yeah, I met yeah, a couple of New Yorkers and they've stayed, stayed friends, friends since, since then. then. So yeah. I've known them a few years now. now. And it's the same thing, like, every time, well, when we went, we went over, over. Um, like, they took us around um, the city, told us the good spots to go to. New Yorkers, there's something about them. them. They're yeah. very friendly. Yeah, there's a lot, like a level of hospitality and, and just like openness, which I've I've always found amazing. And I have a real excitement anytime I'm in that city um it's just I don't know it feels like a place where you can kind of kind of do anything and and everyone's just open to like new experiences and the energy's amazing so yeah that that was a special time and and it's just kind of nuts playing somewhere like that you know and and just going out on a whim being like I'll I'll bring (laughs) I'll bring my symbols just in case and then <laughs> yeah, she'll do. She'll do that on every uh, holiday. <laughs> yeah. just, just, just say you're breakable. Honey why, honey, why are you packing your snare drum? Well, you never know when a gig might happen. You don't, happen, know, what, you like. don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, so, I have, to, um, have to bring Chris with me every time I go away as well. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sure your family won't mind. <laughs> um, so yeah, moving on to the last bit, man. Um, top three gigs as a fan that you've been to, and I know you've got your uh, some ticket stubs that you might uh, fly yeah. through. <laughs> um, I, I've been just like delving through bits just to remind myself, because I guess probably similar to you, when you go to a lot of shows over your lifetime, you just sort of forget the special ones. But um, um, I think the first one that came to mind was um, seeing Pig Destroyer, in Cardiff 2004 um, it was a Terrifier uh, tour um, but huge fan of Prowler in the Yard when that album came out and as a kid it was just um, it kind of blew my mind I like I didn't understand it when I first heard it you know it's that sort of music where you're like it threw me so much from what I'd been listening to at the time that it took quite a few repeat listens to actually work out what was going on and then just became a huge fan of those guys. And um, I was living, I grew up in Somerset, um, but like a bunch of my friends piled into, I have this like shitty Rover Metro and we got like as many guys as we could piled in and then drove over the bridge to Cardiff to see them. Um, yeah. They played at the Barfly and it was just a really, really insane show because it was a tiny venue. The crowd just went absolutely nuts. My friend got his face stamped on at one point it was just like <laughs> spitting blood into a crowd. <laughs> but yeah, just seeing a band like that live and, and at that time was amazing because I have seen them since. There was a, a festival called Temples in Bristol. That, oh, oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I always we wanted to go to Temples. It's yeah. Really yeah, that lasted only a couple of years, but I think it was the second one Pig Destroyer played. They couldn't even get in the mm. room. It was so crammed out, but they've changed a lot since then. So yeah, that's really stuck in my mind. Um, and another one I brought up was Knut and Keel Hall, which I got a top stub for, of the Underworld. 
Um, these are, um, I, when I was growing up, a huge fan of the Hydrohead Records scene. And, oh, yeah, know, like, like Haven and... Isis like, yeah. and Old Man Gloom and stuff like that. And yeah. that, they were like a real segue for me into sort of the louder music and, and a lot of the noisier stuff that I started listening to. And um, yeah, just really excited about everything they did. Because also being into sort of art and design, um, the visuals have always been really amazing for those bands you know and with Aaron Turner doing like the record sleeves and stuff and so yeah they kind of brought everything together and um Canute and Keelhaw um two bands which I'd always wanted to see live but I never thought I'd actually see together and they played the underworld and it was without a doubt the loudest gig I think I've ever been to you know it's one of those like ear bleeding sort of loud gigs but yeah, yeah an amazing show and um and I think a lot of shows for me it's not just about the bands it's about also who is with you like the atmosphere and it's one of those ones that we just managed to get like a really good crowd of people down and just you're yeah. looking around and at every moment like a friend of yours is like really into um what's going on so that yeah that brought back a lot of good memories and then um the other show was weed eater in cinnamon oakland um which was amazing Ooh. yeah nice i was out for some work with a friend in San Francisco, um, we were out doing like a job, um, some installations or art piece, and um, it just happened that a week I was out, um, Weed Eater were playing in Oakland uh, that week as well, and they played at the Opera House, it was 2016, and it was with Orphan Punisher, Today is a Day, in a band called Lord Dying. But it was just a, one of those fucking insane lineups. Also, getting to see a show in, in Oakland, like I'd, I'd never been to Oakland before, but it, yeah. it was again one of those. Whenever I go away to another city, I always have a look at the listings, just to be like, is there, is yeah. there, is there anything on? Because it, be, it would be amazing if it was like that show, and it's very rare. Like quite often, you 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 know you'll miss it by a day or or a week or or it's like a band you're semi into. So to yeah. actually look and be like, holy fuck, they're playing I, that week. Yeah, um, I was just about to say. So when. That was the annoying thing when we went to New York. So that trip I was just talking about, um, when we went, there wasn't really anything on. And we, the annoying thing was we were staying a block from, do you know St. Vitus? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, man. Yeah. Man, like, yeah. pretty much every we, video we, I watch of bands I like tends to be at St. Yeah. Vitus, you know. But, yeah, that was the annoying thing when we went to New York. We were literally around the corner. Nothing was on. So that was really annoying. But, um the last time I went to Seattle um, for work, um, so for my old job, um, Mono and Emma Ruth Rundle were playing. So I was like, even though I was on my own, I was just like, I've got to go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I literally didn't have a ticket, went uh, went for a drink around the corner. I was like, I'll just go to the door. It doesn't say it's sold out online, managed to get a ticket. And it was just like, was just like this is really, this is really amazing. amazing. <laughs> I know, I know you, you say that, that like, sometimes when you go, go with, with friends to gigs, but... When you're on your own in a strange city, going to a gig yeah. uh, of a like of a great band like Mono, it's just it's just really really great. You feel like you're back at home, but in a foreign city. Yeah, no, I agree. It's just like the excitement of being at that place. Like things mm. are different enough that you're like, oh, this is really cool. Um, yeah, like of a weed eater gig, there was just a, a guy who'd set up a stall selling vegan donuts, and it was just like <laughs> I don't know. It was just like. That's really cool. Just, you know, you should have 
donuts available at every gig. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, would, I would love donuts at every gig. Imagine, yeah. like, cross, cross-town donuts at every gig. I'd, uh, right. I'd die for that. Maybe for the next human worth. I mean, do it, man. Do yeah. it. I, I, I will. I will come along and buy a dozen. <laughs> Just for the donuts. For <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fuck the bands. <laughs> I'm here for the donuts. <laughs> yeah. I. I mean, um, that was a really cool. Like, I don't know. Just those little things and seeing how how stuff goes differently, and also like the time schedule of that gig just ran so much later than a show over here would. You know, because you. I, I just find in the UK, especially if you're at like a venue that has like a. Uh, a post gig uh, sort of DJ night club night like, yeah, disco, disco, like, disco loadout <laughs> it's just like it's just depressing to be sort of leaving a show at half ten and so this show was like I think the first band won at nine or something you know and it was, it was just nice it felt like a real yeah just a good experience seeing something in a different city and how they do it and um, yeah it was just an amazing gig as well they were fucking killer like the drummer of Weed Eater at the time he had this thing where he'd do it like under hi-hat kicks while he was playing which feels like really <laughs> ridiculous a bit... and a bit showy but it was just like yeah he did it in a way that was just like fucking hell that's amazing it's a bit like that reminds me of like Ben Collar you see Ben Collar from oh, Converge yeah he's man he does that a little bit yeah. he'll just be playing and the same thing he does a lot of that like stupid under hat <laughs> kicks he's an um, amazing drummer actually like oh. Converge is another one which was on my list of potentials like because those guys are just insane life um yeah yeah just too many shows man yeah, exactly. Well, that's that's why I, I make people choose three. And make <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, um, thanks, man, for taking us through those. There's some really great stories and uh, really great to hear those. So just to end on it then, so what? Um, obviously you've got the new album coming out. So what? Are, yeah, when's the album coming out? Where, people, where can people buy it? And um, so it's coming out 4th of September. Um, it's, it's available right now for pre-order from Human Worth. Uh, we're doing a limited edition coloured vinyl and from Cruel Nature Records who are doing a limited edition cassette. I think that's only edition of 50. So And, and also cassette is only five quid. So like, <laughs> go grab yourself a copy and all profits from that are going to go to, um, to charity. Um, so yeah, try and get behind that if you can um it's again trust or trust and black minds matter with those ones so um yeah we're just trying to give a little back if we can um and then yeah following that just see if we can do some shows and and i can i don't know see what happens basically yeah Yeah. fingers crossed man fingers crossed for some shows but we'll see won't we yeah okay man well thank you very much for chatting and i hope everyone enjoyed um i mean taking us through some of his top gigs played and top gigs been to and uh yeah i'll catch you next time yeah thanks so much man until the next one